0: Colorado. This is Rita and Nicole. Today we're talking with Brian Werner with Northern Water. Thank you for taking time to speak with us today, Brian.
1: Uh, No problem. Enjoy it. So, Brian, what can you start by telling us a little about Northern Water and your role in the organization?
2: Sure. Uh, Northern Water goes way back to 1937. We're the largest water conservancy district in the state of Colorado. We were the first one created way back then to help get the Colorado Big Thompson project built. And for those in the Fort Collins area that are familiar, that's Horsetooth Reservoir. That's part of that project. And so we bring roughly another Poudre River from the western slope of Colorado into northeastern Colorado on an annual basis. And our original reason for being was to get that project built and then operate and maintain it, which we've been doing now for more than 60 years as a functioning water project. We also are charged with planning for and and supplying uh, future water supplies, as well as conserving those supplies. So I think in this discussion, as we talk about why our organization is looking at some additional storage projects, that that's where we fit in, in terms of what mix do we want down the road for water supplies in the state of Colorado.
1: So what exactly would you say is the mission of your organization?
2: Well, our mission is, I be mean, fairly easy. We are here to operate and maintain the Colorado Big Thompson Water Project, as well as develop, plan for, and conserve water supplies for future generations.
1: So is water supply in northern Colorado and the rest of Colorado really such a big issue? <laughs> Boy,
2: I certainly think it is. I've been doing this for 37 <laughs> years now. So yeah, I think it's a huge issue. I think it's it's part and parcel to who and what this state is about and what the the region's about. And we really don't get much done without water supply. And there's a lot of competing uses for the water supply, as well as competing thoughts and ideas on how it should be used.
0: So if it wasn't an issue, you wouldn't have a job, right? <laughs> oh, I'd still have a job,
2: but uh, it just makes it more fun. How's that?
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, challenging. So- always good. Yeah. So now, as you know, we've been talking about NISP, and so can you tell us, in your own words, what is NISP?
2: Yeah, NISP is, it, it, at a very basic level, it's pretty simple. It's uh, a two large reservoirs, Glade Reservoir, northwest of Fort Collins, and Galeton Reservoir, northeast of Greeley, that in combination will help supply water to about two fifteen 15- Water uh, agencies and organizations that that need water for for their future supplies.
0: And can you give us an idea of where the idea for NISP originally came from? I mean, obviously there oh, sure. is a need for that yeah. water, but I'm interested in kind of how this idea was developed.
2: Yeah, well, I happen to be a historian, so if you, I won't, I won't get. too too elaborate in my historical background, but I think it's important for people to understand, especially as they look at the issues surrounding it. Absolutely, I agree. The idea for, you know, putting dams on the Poudre River, go back to the 19-teens. So really, 100 years ago, they started looking at at various options. And through the years, they came up the best dam sites from an absolutely pure engineering standpoint are further up the canyon. Those were basically given up in 1986 when the Poudre became the first wild and scenic river in the state of Colorado, and it's still the only such designated river in the state. At that time, they left the lower seven and a half miles below Poudre Park open for a future water project. And at the time, Northern Water, and this is when I came to work for the organization in the mid to late 80s, we just, we proposed building a 300-foot high dam right in the middle of Poudre Canyon. And I think realized fairly quickly that there wasn't a lot of support for that, number one, and two, it probably would never get permitted by the federal government. You just weren't building projects like that anymore. So we kind of mothballed that Kept maintained the water right on the Poudre River, which is very junior, but it still in many years has some water available. And in around the turn of the century, when the Northern Front Range started, started I guess, exploding in terms of population, mm-hmm. uh, we had a number of water suppliers come to us and say, hey, is there some way we can utilize that water right? And we came up with what we certainly believe is a much more environmentally friendly, engineeringly responsible water project. And that developed into the Northern Integrated Supply Project, or NISP. Uh, many people in the area just refer to it as Glade Reservoir.
0: Yeah, in terms of Fort Collins, I'm sure for many, that's our main concern. Yep, yep. (laughs) So I know we've talked about this with some of our past guests, but just to get it from your side as well, how long has the proposal process been going on, and when do you expect a final decision?
2: (laughs) Forever and never. No. um... <laughs> no, 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 no. It's been going on formally. The federal permitting started in 2004. Here we are in 2018, and the the Army Corps of Engineers, which is the lead federal agency, has said that the final environmental impact statement or EIS will be released to the public in June. So we are a month, month and a half away, cross our fingers. And if that, from there on, it takes them about a year to do a record of decision, which is where the federal government says, yes, you can build it. No, you can't build it. Or what we think is most likely, yes, you can build it. And here's all the steps you need to do to mitigate the impacts. That's what the process has been about, trying to identify what those impacts will be to the environment. That's why we do the process.
0: Absolutely. And so in your opinion, what are some of the pros and cons of the NIST project?
2: Um, they're only pros. Um <laughs> let's see. No, they we understand their their issues, there's no question. Boy, the region's growing, and the null option, if we don't do storage buckets, and we think this is in uh, in one of the best areas you can find, if we don't do that, then we accelerate our buy and dry of, of irrigated farmlands. In northeastern Colorado, loses the character that, that we enjoy today. I'm not saying that we aren't going to continue to see farms getting sold for their water supply, but without NISP, we lose, on the order, the environmental review process has identified 69,000 irrigated acres to meet that that demand that's needed just for this project alone. That's 100 square miles in northeastern Colorado that gets dried up. So we think it, it hastens the Californification of, of northeastern Colorado. I hate to use that term. In fact, I never have before, but I tell people we can still drive between communities in northern Colorado and there's there's a quality of life to that and people are going to continue to move here it's just a wonderful place to live so given that what's the future water supply going to be and we think it absolutely has to has to involve some some storage buckets for those years when we have the water supply available especially for the years when we don't
1: now do you think that people in Colorado are currently doing all that they can to conserve and therefore we need more water? Great
2: question. Great question. We get it all the time. And I've been doing this 37 years where I've been teaching, educating the public about water conservation. Okay. So I, I hold it near and dear. Yeah, we're doing a much better job than we were 30 years ago. I can tell you that we collectively as the citizens of Colorado, okay, we're paying more attention to it. We've been through 2002 and 2012, two of the worst droughts we've ever experienced. And that tends to wake people up to that's the fact that, hey, this is, a, this is a valuable resource, folks. And we encourage water conservation at, at every step. In fact, that's the easiest way to, to help stretch your supply out. However, we can't conserve our way to future supply like some people believe. think that all we need to do is put bricks in the toilet and we're not going to have to do you know, more storage or whatever. No, we're going to have to. It's a combination of both conservation and storage and some buying up of some of our valuable ag lands. That's just going to happen to continue for economic reasons. But we can't just do it by conservation alone. I, I tell people in this business, start every conversation about water with conservation. I mean, you got to, and cities get it. City of Fort Collins has, has water people specializing in teaching us how to conserve water these days. Okay, That didn't happen 30 years ago or 40 years ago. So I think most communities get it. If you look at the gallons per capita and usage in, in just in northern Colorado, we've, we've reduced our usage by 25, 30 percent in the last decade or two. So I think we get it. We get it. But I think there is some fallacy out there where people think we can just keep conserving and we're never going to have to do more storage. No, we're going to have to do both. And the state water plan identified that in, in spades back in 2015.
1: So do you think there is a way to resolve the conflicts surrounding NISP? We
2: certainly do. I mean, no, we're not going to resolve the conflicts around NISP with the people that say our bottom line is no project, okay? Because we have to have a project, okay? What we've done over the course of the last 15 years, because it's taken so long, is listen to a whole lot of folks – Fort Collins City Council residents and others who have said, you know, if you're going to build it, we want this. We want this. We want this. We think you should do this to mitigate the impacts. And we have developed what we certainly believe is the most robust fish and wildlife mitigation and enhancement plan that's ever been produced in the state of Colorado. We've got $60 million on the table to mitigate impacts right now including releases from a reservoir above Fort Collins to allow for year-round flows through downtown Fort Collins. That has never happened before in the history of the Poudre River. We've never had that ability before.
1: So I guess another question I have is many individuals, including the city of Fort Collins government, are concerned about the environmental impacts of NISP. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit more about your plans to mitigate these risks?
2: Yeah, well, I just talk briefly about the low flow piece, okay? So we've come up with a way to deliver water 365 days a year out of Glade Reservoir to keep minimum flows. The Poudre River has historically dried up for the last 160 years as we've developed the water supplies because... We have dry years, so it has historically done that. We're going to guarantee the year-round flows in the Poudre River. Okay, we think that's huge. That keeps fish alive. We're also going to put bypass structures on the four smaller dams that, that dot the, the Poudre River from the canyon mouth through Fort Collins. We're going to put bypass structures to guarantee not only that the water, the minimum flows get, that get released from Glade make it all the way through Fort Collins, but to allow for the first time ever fish to migrate up and downstream. they have never had that ability before since those dams have been put in around the turn of the century and the, the 20th century. So that's a big one. We're working on peak flow plan with Parks and Wildlife personnel, where we're going to guarantee in almost all years the high three peak flow days, we'll bypass those to help the channel. So we're working on that. We're working on a reservoir and a recreation plan at Glade Reservoir. We're working with Parks and Wildlife on purchasing some more habitat west of Glade Reservoir, which will help with the, the hunting public. We're going to be working on stretches of the river, a couple mile-long stretches of the Poudre River, where we'll go in and we'll do river improvements, where we deepen the river in some places so that at lower flows, the fish stay alive. It's It's more conducive to a riparian environment. This is, this is sort of a new trend in river development. It's going on throughout the state of Colorado. So we're going to help jumpstart a couple of those projects on the Poudre River right in the Fort Collins vicinity. So as I said earlier, we got about $60 million on the table in terms of the, the mitigation and enhancement plan right now. Which we think, uh, again, the reason for the process is to look at what those impacts are and then figure out how you mitigate. And we think that we're going to be able to square face say that with the project and the mitigation and the enhancement, the river is going to be better off than it is right now today.
0: So going back a little bit, talking about the conflicts around NISP, a common opinion that we've heard with our last couple of guests is that the only way that this is going to end is in court. What's your (laughs) opinion on that?
2: everybody has a right to sue in the in this country so i wish that that wasn't what some people jump to all the time as a conclusion if we don't like the outcome we're going to sue you but you know mm-hmm. they have the right to do that so we're going to keep moving forward we've got oh roughly 300,000 people under this project right now that's going to grow to 500,000 that's a half a million people that that are going to base some of their water supply on this and, you know, we've done enough study. We don't do these things lightly. We think it's absolutely needed. We think that whatever court process, if there is one, will we'll say the same thing, that, you know, we've spent 15 years doing some very thorough, exhaustive research and analysis on this. So, again, we haven't seen the, the, the ultimate decision that comes hopefully next year when the federal government says, yes, you can build it and here's everything you have to do in order to, to make it work.
0: Yeah. So, a question I wanted to ask you, particularly, is you probably yeah. have a good a good insight as to the how NISP is going to work once it is built, if it is built. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Where will the water from these reservoirs go to? In terms of, I know some of them are going to municipalities for urban use, but what about mm-hmm. rural use?
2: Yeah. Well, th- most of this water is going to be used directly by urban residents. Okay. Mm -hmm. The 11 cities and towns in the four water districts who primarily serve water directly to to residents. Okay. Mm -hmm. People that are moving into the area. A couple of the water districts have a few large dairies within them. So there will be some direct contribution to the to the ag environment. But bigger picture, what this does is it, it relieves some of the pressure on ag water supplies. I and mean, we have every ag organization in the state that has endorsed this project because they get it that you have to have some alternatives or these growing cities, when they're going to keep growing, whether we like it or not, these growing cities are going to keep grabbing our, our water supply. And we do like to to grow it locally. We do like mm. to do all the things that local ag provides us. And if we're not careful, we, we could lose it all. And we don't like that, as I said earlier, the null option on it in terms of, of where we go.
1: So what do you think the alternatives are if NISP is not approved?
2: Okay, well, the alternative is – and and the process has what they call a no-action alternative. That's part mm-hmm. of the federal permitting process. They have to look at it. Okay, what happens if the federal government says no to this project? Okay, well, we jump out of the, out of the, the point fray for these communities, and they go out and they find their future water supply. Hopefully they do it somewhat collaboratively, but they certainly aren't going to be as collaborative as 15 water users getting together. And the no-action alternative basically says they're going to go out and build their own small smaller projects, maybe collaborate on a larger reservoir storage, build many more pipelines than we have. The infrastructure becomes more complex and they get their water supply as they buy farms and they're going to buy farms. And as I said, the no option is 69,000 irrigated acres that you dry up. Whether all of that happens or not, it's a big chunk. It's a huge chunk in northern, northern Colorado in terms of that. And I think that's one of the real I guess keys and the reason I get so passionate about it is I still love northern Colorado, the northern front range, the quality of life. And we certainly believe that the quality of life goes downhill without without the storage projects.
0: So talking about that infrastructure, what does the infrastructure look like for Glade Reservoir?
2: Yeah, Glade Reservoir will involve taking water off the Poudre River right near the Canyon Mouth. There's Mm -hmm. an existing diversion structure, the Poudre Valley Canal. We will make some enlargements and improvements to that canal. And it's about a mile and a half, two miles to gravity feed over into a little four bay reservoir northwest of Ted's Place. People know Ted's Place. And from there, we'll pump it up into Glade Reservoir. So one of the things with moving the, the reservoir off the, the main stem is it becomes more expensive because you have to pump the water up to get it into Glade Reservoir. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have a pipeline coming out of Glade Reservoir directly back into the Poudre River to release about a third of the total supply will come directly back to the river for those minimum flows through Fort Collins that I talked about. And then we'll have a pipeline north of Fort Collins that goes out to, oh, just a mile east of I-25, somewhere in that range, and then goes south to deliver water to some of the other participants in the project.
0: And so I know part of this process of building Glade Reservoir is going to involve moving a large chunk of the highway up north, correct? Yep,
2: yep. We have to relocate seven and a half miles of Highway 287.
0: And any ideas about how long that process will take in terms of traffic?
2: <laughs> uh, well, CDOT is is working on that right now. They've come up with their their preferred alternative on where the, the highway is going to be relocated. It will be roughly where the wholesome cement plant is. There'll be a new turnoff there, and then it'll head north and come back in. So seven and a half miles of the road will have to be relocated. That will be the very one of the very first things that happens when construction starts because we're okay. going to have to move the highway in order to get in to build the, the dam and the reservoir right. into that valley. So that'll be one of the very first things that's done is the relocation of 287.
1: All right. So you mentioned how important you think that water storage projects are for maintaining the quality of life and the atmosphere of Fort Collins in the northern Colorado area. Um, and mm-hmm. I just realized, I find it kind of interesting that people in Fort Collins love Horse Tooth Reservoir, which is a water storage <laughs> project, but yep. they also love the Poudre River and they want it to be as unaltered as possible. Yep. So how do you think the Glade Reservoir would affect the overall atmosphere of cones Collins. Yeah,
2: well, and I've described this a little bit, and we we truly believe that the Poudre River is going to be in better shape with the project and the mitigation and the enhancement plan than it is right now, okay? There's never been guaranteed minimum stream flows in that river. With this project, there there are, okay? We're doing a number of things to the river that we think are going to help out with the riparian habitat. Is it going to change a little bit? Yeah, it's going to change. I mean, you can't build a highway or a school or a department store without some change to the environment. We've said that all along. But it's what kind of plan you come up with to mitigate those impacts. And we certainly believe the plan that we've come up with makes a whole lot of sense, and in the long run, helps the Poudre River in terms of of making it better. The Poudre River's trajectory has been going downward rather than upward anyway. We think that Mm -hmm. we're going to help that with the the mitigation that we're proposing on the river. So yeah, there'll be some changes, but again, we think the year-round flows and trying to maintain some of those peak flows are going to make it better, and we're going to have to figure out the water piece unless we put a fence up around either the state or northern Colorado, and I don't think anybody's figured that out. Hey, I'm a native, man. I grew, I was born here in 1957, so I'm fine putting the fence up or the gate, but –
0: I agree. My my vote's always been uh, put up a no vacancy sign where it says welcome to Colorado.
2: (laughs) Well, I talk to CSU classes all the time. I come up, and, I mean, we're not hiding anything either. We're out there saying, hey, here's what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, You may not agree, but um, here's the project, and here's what what we're trying to do. But I talk to these kids all the time, and I always say, how many of you have come from another state, and how many of you would like to stay here? And, Mm -hmm. you know, the majority of those that have come from somewhere else would like to stay here. And again, great place to live, but there's some trade-offs if you got to do that. And I certainly believe where I sit that we're going to have to have some storage buckets. And if you, you know, wherever you come down on climate change, it certainly looks like we're having wetter wets and drier dries. And we better capture the wetter wets so we can use it to to stretch our supply. That's why Horseshoe was built. That's why most of the reservoirs were built in Colorado. To, to store that water when that three-month window hits, when that white stuff starts melting. Yeah. So, so we can use it year-round.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, Brian, can you tell our listeners where they can find more information about Northern Water and NISP if they want to know more?
2: Sure, sure. We have a website, Northern water, Northern water, org. And you can find our project straight from there, or you can go to gladereservoir.org and you can find information. And we've got a couple of guys that are doing a much better job of keeping that that website uh, updated. Uh, we got Facebook and Twitter as well. So Great. we're trying to keep as much information there, and people can always pick up the phone and call me or email me, and especially students, I get back to them. I sat in those chairs at one point, and <laughs> there's a lot of interest in this project, obviously. And, uh as I said, we're we're trying to be as transparent as we can, and we'll answer questions. People may not like some of the answers, but we're not going to be shy about why we think this project makes sense.
1: So is there anything else that you want to tell our audience?
2: Oh, boy. Um, I probably <laughs> ran it and raved enough. <laughs> I get up on my soapbox occasionally. No, I mean, I, I, I want people to to not just knee-jerk on the things, to really look at it really look at the situation and in our future and what kind of mix we want water supply and people with the realization that i don't think we're going to stop people from coming here i think there's some people yeah that's they think if we stop this reservoir we're going to limit growth no we aren't they're coming whether we build the reservoir or not so it's that it's that if we don't that i don't i certainly don't like and i think the people around this organization don't like the the outlook if we don't build those buckets as i've said so I just want people to you know, pay attention, ask questions, become informed before you knee-jerk. How's that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And thank you again, Brian, for speaking with us today. Hey,
2: I've enjoyed it. Thank you, guys.
0: <laughs> Be sure to keep listening. In our final episode, Rita and
1: I will summarize and discuss everything we've learned about NISP. After that, it's up to you to decide what your opinion is. This has been Rita. And Nicole. Bringing you knowledge. Straight from the
0: tap. Bye. Bye.